Welcome to episode five of the Sports Exchange Podcast. I'm your host, Reggie Bobrin. I'm joined by my co-host, Brant Weber. Brant, what's up, man? Hey, it's going pretty good, Reggie. How are you doing? Good, good, man. It's an exciting first round of the NFL draft, huh? We're going to do a little recap on that. Man, I tell you, it was an exciting draft last night. Uh, a couple of surprises, uh, some picks that we thought were going to happen. So uh, let's get to it. Okay. Before we do that, though, I want to get this Aaron Rodgers nonsense, you know, out of the way. So a few hours before the NFL draft actually started, uh, word came out that Aaron Rodgers does not want to be a Green Bay Packer anymore. Is there any legitimate cl- uh, any legitimate thought that he's not going to be in Green Bay? Let me just throw this out there before I get your answer. So from what I understand, and I've listened to a couple of talking heads and, you know, radio, radio hosts and whatnot, and from what I understand – there is no more guaranteed money that he's owed. So basically, it's just going to be his base salary. If that's the case, then Green Bay kind of holds the uh, they hold the hammer. Now, is Aaron Rodgers willing to sit out if he's that unhappy with Green Bay, with basically, I guess, it goes, it stems back to the Jordan Love thing, and then basically they've been trying to renegotiate a contract. He wants, I guess, more guaranteed money towards the end of his career. Is he willing to sit out? Basically, if he's that unhappy, how does how is this going to play out? I, I'm trying to figure out because I'm hearing one. I'm hearing fifty fifty. Some people think Green Bay has a hammer. Some people think you know Rogers. They have to get rid of him. They have to trade him. They have to at least get something back for him. What's your thought? What do you think that's going to eventually end up? Uh, that's a good question, Reggie. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, the problem he has is that. You know, how many years does he have left? So is it worth it even sitting out a year? That's the big question on his mind. I just don't see him sitting out at all, even if he stays in Green Bay. Um, I understand that he was miffed, uh, felt disrespected when they drafted Jordan Love, but he's been the starter ever since. Not like he lost his job. Green Bay put him in that position. So to me, he just get over it and move on. Now, I think the final nail in the coffin was the playoff game where, you know, he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. They didn't even go to him on that fourth down situation for him the chance to, you know, Green Bay to pull that one out. So, you know, obviously from building, uh, he waited to the day of the draft to do this. So if I'm Green Bay, I am really pissed off. Yeah, I mean, and I thought that was a huge slap in the face as well. That's why I'm thinking there's no way – they can get back together. I mean, it's essentially like, um, I mean, it's like me or you, if we basically went on record in public record and basically just slammed our, you know, our our bosses. I mean, there's just no way I feel like he can come back from this. It's just, it's, it's, I I think there's, um, obviously we're not insiders, but there's something more as far as just, uh, I guess his relationship with um, um, the, the GM, I forget his name right now. Um, but basically just, what was that? Is it Mark Mosley? It's, uh, it's, I don't remember right now. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. But I think it's just stemming back to the Jordan Love thing. I think that's initially when all of this started. I mean, Aaron had a, uh, not a bounce back, but uh, the team had a bounce back season, went 13-3, and went to the NFC Championship game, and was thinking, okay, get get some more playmakers. And they take his heir apparent. And I think that's initially where all of this started. And it's just kind of gotten worse as time has, has gone on. Now it's at a point where Aaron's making it public. I mean, before it was just sources. It was just, you know, uh, speculation that, okay, well, maybe he's unhappy, rumors, this, that, and the other. Now he's gone. I mean, he, he publicly didn't say it. But when you have basically Jay Glazer and Adam Schefter and uh, Ian Rappaport, all these guys basically stating like, yeah, he does not want to be there. I mean, it's again, I, I don't see I don't see how he I don't see how he comes back, but I don't see how he sits out, you know, sits out the season either, knowing that he has no guaranteed money. He's basically not going to get paid. And he's not going to do Jeopardy, you know, uh, uh a hundred and whatever days out of the, out, out of the out of the out of the year. So I don't know. That's going to be very interesting. I think if I had to, I had to take a guess of what's going to happen. I think he does get traded. 
I think um, we're hitting the Broncos potentially. I don't know why he'd want the Raiders. Obviously, the Niners are not going to make that trade for him. So uh, I think it's going to be perhaps Denver that makes that move. If he doesn't. You know what? I I agree with you, Reggie. Um, Eventually, he will get traded. Uh, It could be over the summer. It could be sometime after the draft. Uh, There's no way he does not play. I mean, especially at his age. Uh, he's just losing time if he does that. So that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Green Bay, you know, doesn't want to just, well, they, they can definitely get some great value for him, even right now. So um, if they don't uh, make it, which is not going to happen, uh, just go ahead and trade him. And uh, Green Bay can start with a new quarterback. Yeah, they can start with love. All right. Now that that's out of the way, let's uh, dive into the fun stuff. 2001. First round is in the books, NFL draft that is, and um, I mean, look, the first two picks, as we've you know talked about and speculated and this, that, and whatever, you know, went according to plan. Lawrence Wilson. The draft really began at three. Now, Trey Lance was ultimately the selection. We had we kind of had a feeling it would be one of those three guys: um, um, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. I think when my initial thought when Lance was announced was, oh, finally, we could just put all these rumors and stuff to bed. And, you know, this was the thing that was like, like everybody was talking about for the last almost, it seems like almost a month or so. It probably was about a month. And finally, like they took the guy and I like the pick. I like the pick. I think he, the skill set that Trey Lance brings, you know, as, as, as I, I think it's, it's by far the, the best skill set. Kyle Shanahan has ever had to, uh, you know, a chance to work with. You know, looking back with guys like Matt Ryan, uh, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, I was just, I was, I was finally happy that they made this choice, and we don't have to speculate and talk about this pick anymore. I agree. I think it was the right pick, and I'm glad it happened the way it did. Um, for them to pick Trey Lance, obviously he, uh, Lance grew on them uh, through the process. Uh, but that means that Jimmy Garoppolo will be your uh, day one starter. Uh, I think he grows under Garoppolo, learns the system, and eventually he will be the starter. Oh, I agree completely. I mean, uh, you know, it doesn't make any sense to move on from him. Be- basically, in other words, too, what, what are you going to get for Garoppolo? I mean, uh, pretty much every team that needed a quarterback got somebody. So, I mean, if you do make a trade for him, I don't know, were, were you going to give up a third or a fourth rounder? I mean, I think Garoppolo brings a lot of value. Obviously, he brings a lot of, of experience. Um, Lance, obviously, having not played or play, I think he played one game last season. You know, he's definitely not a guy you want to put day one. In fact, I would go on record right now to say I'd put him as a third third string starter. I think you you give him every opportunity to just sit. And just in case, and I only say that because we know Garoppolo's injury history. So I don't want to make him the second guy. I would, if I was Shanahan and uh, John Lynch, I would bring in even another experienced quarterback to be a second stringer. You can't do that, Reggie, when you drafted him third overall. He's got to be, at worst case, a second string at this point. Um, you don't move all the way up to number three just to have him be a third string. But I completely understand what you're saying. Um, so Garoppolo will start to learn the system. If Garoppolo does get hurt, I know his injury history. You know, you've got to throw him in there and see what he can do. Yeah, again, I don't. I just don't want him and Trey Lance, that is, to come into a situation ill-prepared. You know, had he played even six games or seven games, I don't know if that would have made an, a big difference, but had he played the season, I think um, Justin Fields only played about six or seven games, but even just, especially in that position, the, the more reps that you have, the better. Obviously that goes without saying, that's not nothing new, but the fact that he only played one game, he hasn't played a professional, or I should say, um, he, he played the one game in what, September? And then he opted out. He hasn't played a full season in like more than 15 months. I just don't want to put him in a position where, okay, he's not ready and his confidence gets crushed and he ultimately never fulfills his full potential. So that's why I said, just bring in a second guy, you know, keep him exactly the same model that uh, the chiefs did with Mahomes. Just, you know, do not, you know, do not even indicate that you're going to start him. And it just, I don't know. I, that's pretty much my, 
my opinion on that. I, I would bring in the second guy just to make sure. Just if Garoppolo does go down, which he's shown that that no, is a possibility. Reggie, you got to throw him in there. It's just I understand what you're saying, but you can't baby the kid uh, and just you know let him sit behind a second string quarterback if Garoppolo gets hurt. You know it is what it is. You know he'll at least he'll get reps. You know this summer we got preseason games. Unlike the quarterbacks that were drafted last year, uh, they missed all that. And then, then some were thrown right in there, and some did very well. Some were hesitant. Others didn't start. But um, but overall, it was the right pick for the 49ers. Uh, they will keep Garoppolo. And it's better that Mac Jones, you know, moved down the board. Uh, Mac Jones went to a perfect situation uh, in New England. So Okay. All right. How about the uh, Kyle Pitts uh, selection? Um, again, I've heard – a majority of the, you know, the the professional analysts say they they like the pick. It gives them um, Matt Ryan a, a ton of more options. You know, with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Uh, I don't know who the runner is. I don't. I don't think Todd Gurley's on the team anymore. But it gives them another weapon to throw to. Um, I've heard some people, you know, say like Atlanta probably should have gone defense. But I don't understand. Or traded down to go defense and got more picks. Um, I'm kind of on the fence on that one. You know, I, I thought about it. I'm like, the Falcons were not a horrible offensive team. Majority of the games that they lost last year was basically they just couldn't they couldn't stop anything. They couldn't stop a you know a pee, a, a peewee a peewee league football team. No, I agree with you. Um, Kyle Pitts is so dynamic, and he's such a can't miss prospect. They just could not resist. Uh, they had to, they they wanted him. They selected him. That offense can be pretty scary. However. They better be picking defense the rest of the draft, pretty much. Um, maybe an offensive lineman, but the rest of the draft better be defense. That defense was atrocious last year. Yeah, and uh, okay, but I, I think in in all actuality, that was a pretty good selection. I don't think it, it it's definitely not going to hurt them at least going forward. Um, Absolutely not. And uh, okay, so at number five. Your beloved Bengals selected Jamar Chase. I thought that was the right pick, the more I thought about it. You know what? Uh, looking at it now with the players that are still available for day two, yep. it's looking more and more like it was the right pick. Um, that Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Burrow is going to be the best combo of uh, these guys coming out of the draft, uh, even so, even more so than uh, Hurts and Devonta Smith and Tua and Jalen Waddle, you know, all these you know, combo that played in college together. Um, I think this is going to be dynamic uh, tandem in the NFL. Uh, not to mention now the Bengals receiving core is pretty scary now. You have uh, Jamar Chase is now your number one option on offense. you got T. Higgins on the other side. who led the team in, re- in receiving last year. And you put Tyler Boyd in the slot. That's a scary threesome right now for any defense to face. Yeah, and you so still have now, Joe Mixon. You still have Joe Mixon in the backfield as well. We have Joe Mixon. Uh, now he's 100% healthy. He's ready to go. And in the backfield, yes. So now they just need to help uh, Burrow on the offensive line. They have to go offensive line for the second round. I'm hearing rumors that they, they could go with an edge rusher, which they do need, but not as much in the offensive line. There's too much talent uh, that's still available for day two of the draft to not go offensive line on that second-round pick for the Cincinnati Bengals so they can uh, protect Joe Burrow. I mean, you have Kevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma State. He was supposed to be a first-round pick. He's still available. You have Radunz uh, from North Dakota State, who he was a blindside protector for Trey Lance in college. He's still available. You have the center, Landon Dickerson from Alabama. He's still available. Great leader. You have... The offensive tackle from Notre Dame. There's a lot of great talent out there, and they have to go offensive tackle to make that first, second round pick that much more, uh, you know, the right pick for them. Where are they picking? Are they picking uh, 30, what, 34, 35? I think they're 38. 38. Uh, okay. So they're going to be the sixth pick of the second round. Okay. All right. I mean, perhaps, uh, well, definitely one of those guys should be there. Uh, just depending on who. Okay, I completely yeah, I, agree with everything that you just said about Chase. Um, I was thinking Sewell, you know, just to put, you know, give 
um, I was going to say uh, Sam Darnold, <laughs> give uh, Joe Burrow that, um, you know, that extra protection. But you're right. This is a, a, a draft class that's loaded with offensive linemen. Um, they can get the a premier or the second premier playmaker uh, offensively in this draft, uh, team them up with Burrow, who he already has a connection with, and then just let it go. And like you said, within maybe three or four years, this might be the most uh, dynamic quarterback wide receiver passing duo in the NFL. So I completely agree with everything you just said. And then, and like you said, too, again, they, they hopefully can grab one or two um, uh, decent or good linemen to, like, uh, bolster up that offensive line. So, yeah. How about the Dolphins taking Jalen Waddle? I like that pick. Um, that's a great pick. Um, I thought they would pick Waddle over Smith. Um, like I said before, in, in the past we talked about it, Waddle, for me, is another – Tyreek Hill type player. That's he is comparison. Static. Yeah. And, and every time he touches a ball, you're just on the edge of your seat seeing what he does next. He is great with, the, uh, you know, receiving the ball, you know, after the catch. So, um, and I, I don't know if they're going to let him return punts. That's what he did in college. Dynamic punt returner. So, uh, but that is how he got injured in college as well. So, uh, that's up to the Dolphins, see what they want to do with him. Um, I imagine they're going to put Waddle as – I don't know if they're going to put him as a deep threat or because of his speed or put him in a slot where he can catch, you know, the intermediate passes and just take care of the ball after that. Yeah, I. Uh, they're really loading up for Tua. So they have Will Fuller, who they added as a free agent. Um, they have – Jalen Waddle, obviously, yeah. who they drafted yesterday. Who's the other guy that they have? They have uh, another wide receiver. They have uh, Devontae Parker as their other main Devontae receiver. Devontae Parker. And then their running backs are Gaskin. Gaskin, Miles Yeah, Miles And Ahmed. And Ahmed. So basically, they're putting all their faith in Tua as, like, the guy. Like, they – and I think we talked about it. Well, I know for a fact that we talked about it in previous podcasts, how they need to open a book up. Uh, for him more I think you were of the mindset that he shouldn't have started or he shouldn't have played he was still hurt I was the mindset that uh, I didn't understand what the Dolphins did last year uh, benching Fitzpatrick after a three and three start they were in the middle of the playoff race it had nothing to do with Tua being injured or anything like that the, fa- the fact is he should have sat behind uh, Fitzpatrick and even until, you know, maybe they were out of the playoffs or uh, they, I guarantee, I bet you they would have made the playoffs if Patrick had stayed in there. It would have been much more valuable learning experience to sit back and really learn over the course of the year, especially the way it unfolded, how uh, the coach of the Dolphins, Brian Flores, uh, benched to a, on a couple of occasions, not letting them finish a game to see how he can pull himself out of it. So, I didn't like the way they handled that situation last year. Yeah, it was a weird situation. Um, I was excited to see Tua play, but uh, Fitzpatrick didn't deserve to get benched. I, I don't know. I don't really understand the reasoning for why they did uh, at the time that they did. I know a few of the Dolphin players were not happy about it either. Um, and then the, basically the way they kind of jerked Tua around. When he would play poorly, they would just kind of rip him, you know, rip him and put uh, Fitzpatrick back in, which I didn't think was very good for Tua's confidence. Um, and then they did that a couple of times. And then I don't think it it was, um, um, it was anything good for Tua to see like Fitzpatrick, especially the rating game. I'll use that as an example, how they won that game when, you know, they took, they took Tua out and they put Fitzpatrick in. Um, I know for a fact though, that there were a few Dolphin uh, players, especially on the offensive side that were just like, we, you know, we didn't agree with basically what the coaching staff did. So, um, hopefully, right. I mean, look, who's their backup right now? Did they sign any any backup um, worthy? Yes, of, yes you know? they did. They did. They signed Jacoby Brissett uh, from Indianapolis nice. as okay. a backup. Okay, that's a good backup. That's that's a that's a viable backup for uh, Tua. Hopefully, um, you know what? With all the weapons that they added, uh, another year under the belt. You know, uh, just more more reps coming, uh, obviously, with a, a normal training camp. You know, he'll, he'll uh, kind of live up to that number five uh, number five pick. And, uh, you know, we'll see. And uh, with that being said, let's go to the number seven Detroit Lions. They take uh, Panay Sewell. 
Um, I mean, I guess that was the only route that they were gonna they can go. Uh, you know, they had they traded for Jared Goff. Might as well. It's a, a new regime. Just build that old line. You know, take the best available, or I should say, the best old lineman in the draft. And uh, you know, I mean, do you have any reaction to the Lions taking Soul? Just I'll be honest with you. I was surprised by the pick. I'm not saying yeah. it was a bad pick because it's Panay Sewell. He's a he's a can't miss prospect. Uh-huh. So re- I really thought they were going to go wide receiver. I mean, they lost Kenny Galladay. So who's the receiver going to fill his shoes? Mm. So you you were thinking Devontae Smith? I was really thinking Devontae Smith in that spot. Um, so I would imagine that they definitely got to go receiver in the second round. Okay. I don't think they picked anybody in free agency, as far as I know. No, actually, they they haven't. I mean, outside of yeah, I mean, the only the only major acquisition I mean, I, that I they made was uh, was uh, Jared Goff was, and that was it. Now now was a trade. I mean, who's their receiver there? I can't even think of who's there. I, I don't need. I don't know either. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, uh, it's the Lions doing Lion things, you know. I mean, that's pretty. I mean, that's pretty much. What I, don't it is. Know, I don't know. I don't know how bad they're off in the line with, but but Sewell is not a bad pick. Uh, no, you're no, gonna no. get a, you're gonna do great with that, but the grade will be better as long as they get a receiver. I believe in the second round. I I agree. Um, I guess you know Campbell and um. Uh, I don't. Oh, I don't, who's their GM? Ugh, doesn't matter. Uh, the, you know they're kind of like okay. We're gonna build from the trenches. We're gonna build the interior line, and we're gonna go forward with that. So that's his mindset. I mean, that's that's basically you know what uh, the kind of coach Dan Campbell strikes me as. So I mean, it wasn't. It, look, it's the best available player of you know there. So had they taken anybody else. I mean, look, I, I get the, you know, Devontae Smith thing, but, you know, I mean, he was the best available player. He was potentially a top five pick. So, I mean, you get him at seven, you know, that's just what it is. Uh, it's just not a bad pick at all, but it's just kind of like, like you mentioned, uh, they don't have any kind of offense whatsoever, any playmakers on the outside. So, yeah. Now, I don't know. I don't know if Detroit has a pick in the second round or not. I can't, uh, okay. I can't look that up right now. But, um, but there's a lot of good receivers that's still out there. You got, uh, uh, the kid from Ole Miss, who's supposed to be a first-round talent, uh, Terrace Marshall of LSU is still out there. Yes. Um, Tutu Outwell from Louisville. It's, uh, he could go further down maybe in the third round, but there's a lot of good receivers out there, um, you know, they can grab. And, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Okay, let's go to eight and nine. Now, I'm going to combine these two together because they play the same position. And, by the way, I absolutely love – both selections. Carolina Panthers take J.C. Horn, who was considered by most to be the best, from what I was hearing, especially as of late, to be the best overall cornerback from South Carolina. And then at nine, the Denver Broncos take Patrick Sertain. Is this Sertain or Sertain? It's Sertain. Patrick Sertain, um, the second from Alabama. I love it because they both play in, in two divisions that – you know, you have dynamic quarterbacks that throw the ball. I mean, Carolina, well, they have Brady, they have Matt Ryan, they have, um, it's going to be, well, Drew Brees is gone now, so it's going to be Jameis Winston more than likely. So they need some guys to, you know, be able to, and they got, they have some stout wide receivers in that division as well. You know, well, Mike Evans, uh, you still have Julio Jones, you still have uh, Mike Thomas. I like the selection from the Carolina Panthers the same way I like the certain selection with Denver, considering the fact that you got guys like Herbert and, you know, Mahomes and um, who am I missing? Uh, who's the, the Derek Carr? So, you know, I mean, that's the way to go. I think even though the position itself has never been and has never fallen out of favor, I feel like the cornerback position, especially since it's more of a passing league now, has gone up tremendously. I mean, it's just like the value of a cornerback now is 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 intensified more than I've ever seen it. You know, I agree with you, Reggie. Yeah, I, I thought that Carolina would have gone off into line with the uh, ace pick, even if Sewell's off the board. Uh, you had uh, uh, who was the oh, Slater was available at that point, um, but yeah, the cornerback. You bring up a really good point on the you know the passers in that division, so. Uh, they have to face twice a year, so it, it was the right pick. Uh, I thought J.C. Horn was. 
I thought he would go between 10 and 20. I thought it was kind of a reach. Um, but you can't go on with a pick. I thought Sertan would be the first cornerback off the board. And how ironic that both cornerbacks went ahead uh, Dallas, who I think was waiting for cornerback as a 10th pick. Yeah. Uh, again, I think it's two good selections. Uh, I... Once I saw that uh, both both of the top two cornerbacks came off the board back to back in eight and nine, I was just like, "Oh, if it it makes so much sense." Okay, let's go to number ten. So originally it was the Dallas Cowboys who had the tenth pick. Uh, they traded down to the Philadelphia Eagles, and they select. Uh, I'm sorry. No, you're correct. Yeah. Yes, and now uh, and they select Devonte Smith out of Alabama. Um, again, there's been a lot made of his frame. He's six foot, 166 pounds. Um, I, when I watch him on film, I kind of go back and forth with him. I know last uh, on our last pod, I it kind of maybe came off as I killed him a little bit because of that. Because I'm like, well, where are they going to put him? What are they going to do with him? Are they going to motion him? Are they going to try to use some kind of trick trick gadget plays to kind of get him open? I think he, I think he can get a little bigger. Um, I don't think guys are going to be. I think he's so dynamic. I don't think guys are going to get a clear shot at him. You know. Like the same way, like guys don't get clear shots at Tyreek Hill or, you know, as uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. You know, these guys who are just not, he's not going to be like a, a Steve Smith type of receiver who's a, a complete receiver who can go up the middle, who can go on the outside, who can go, you know, a physical. You know, Steve Smith, although a small guy, was a physical guy. Devontae Smith, I, I, I feel like they're going to find a way to kind of utilize him as far as just putting him on the outside, uh, maybe running a, kind of some reverse. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not as down on him as I was maybe a week ago. I, I don't think his size, and again, like playing in the SEC against that level of competition and not having any kind of injury history, I think it, it favors well for him, especially going forward. Now, obviously, the NFL is a different league, but I, I think he'll be all right. I don't think it's. I, I think that's a good. Uh, that's a good. That's a good pickup for the Eagles, and he gets um, reunited with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think it was a good pick. I mean, yeah, reunite him with Jalen Hurst. Um, I'm not worried about the size so much. I think uh, they'll put 10 to 15 pounds on him, uh, you know, in the next year or so. So I, I think he'll be fine. Philadelphia needs some playmakers. And, you know, I was surprised that teams were Dallas traded within their own division to do it. But, um, you know, that, again, it was a good pick. This is now is where the draft gets really fun. You remember when I said at number three, now the draft starts? Well, <laughs> after number 10 is when the, now the draft gets really, really, really interesting. Um, I love, I'm not going to lie to you, I actually love the, the next four or five selections in this particular order. Um, number 11, the Chicago Bears trade up with the, to make a trade with the New York Giants. They trade up from, I believe they were at 20, um, trade with the Giants, and we kind of knew. I mean, when you were sitting there at Corbett's and you saw that happen, what was your first thought? I'm thinking quarterback. Am I alone? You are absolutely correct. I was thinking, actually, the funny thing was, um, you know, I was thinking in the back of my mind, wow, New England is sitting there at number 15, and they're going to get one of these two quarterbacks that's still available, Max Jones and Justin Fields. And then when the trade happened, when the Bears moved up to number 11, I was thinking, uh-oh, New England's sweating a little bit because there goes one of the quarterbacks. And so I thought it was a great move by the Bears to move up there and get Justin Fields. That is incredible. I remember, You remember like about two months ago when they signed Andy Dalton and everybody's killing them? And this is like, this is why the Bears stink. This is why the Bears are horrible. You know, Matt Nagy and um, – Ryan Pace, they should just been fired, and they're just this. And how fortunate are they able to grab a guy who many still, to this very day, think was the second best QB prospect in this draft? I mean, you talk about luck falling on your lap. I, I mean, I actually, I honestly feel really good about. You know, I'm not a Bears fan, but I feel good. Like you know, like a you know, Fields goes somewhere where. He'll have a, a an offensive guy, and I, you know what? I'll be honest. I like Matt Nagy. He's not a bad coach. He's just as he's you know he's had a you know crappy Mitchell Trubisky, who should have never gone where he did, which was second overall. 
you know, just to do that. But he's gone to the playoffs twice with Mitchell Trubisky as your as your as well, maybe not a full starter. Him and um, what's uh what's uh Nick Foles, kind of uh traded off uh, last season. But he now, as we mentioned, with a guy like Kyle Shanahan who has a a, a player like Trey Lance who has all these physical abilities, you know, now uh, Matt Nagy has a guy like Justin Fields who has just a, a similar skill set. As Trey Lance. Now we're really going to see what Nagy's about. So I'm happy for Justin Fields. Well, let me ask you a question. It's that, no, I completely agree with you. Like, everyone thought he was the second best quarterback, really, coming off the board. And for the Bears to get him, you know, I thought it was a great move up by the Bears. Um, now, let me ask you a question. Does he start right away, or do they let Andy Dalton start? You got to remember, this Chicago Bears has a horrible offensive line. So, you know, you got to be careful when you throw them out there with the line. They need to get some offensive linemen um, the next couple rounds. I think Andy Dalton starts for the first month, and then they transition over to Justin Fields. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I mean, I, but I, I love the selection of, on both parts. And, no, I agree. One of, and the Giants got some good value back. For that pick, so yeah, it's a good move. a good move for both sides. Dave Gettleman finally traded down. Who saw that coming? Yeah. How about number twelve? Another pick that I love. Cowboys get Michael Parsons from Penn State. Uh, I guess the guy who is it fair to say universally was considered the best defensive player in this draft? Uh, possibly, and. Uh... So I thought they really needed more secondary than linebacker, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, still I think not, once yeah, – Yeah, no, I was going to say, once Sertan and Horn went off the board, I mean, you knew it was inevitable that they were going to trade down. But they still got a good value. I mean, uh, Parsons is – you know, with uh, Sean Lee retiring, they still have um, – who's this? Uh, Jalen, Jalen Smith. I mean, they were hurting a, a very uh, – they hurt a lot more in the secondary. Who knows, uh, you know, maybe if they could find somebody in the second, third rounds today. Um, but I like the pick. I mean, he's a playmaker. No, he will be. It'll, it'll be a nice pick for them. I think Sean Lee is still there. But I don't know if he's gone now or he's still there. But, Sean Lee um, retired. Yeah. He retired. That's what I thought. Um, so, yeah, you plug him in there. But they're going to need some secondary help uh, soon. Okay. Thirteen. Los Angeles Chargers, Rashawn Slater, a little help for uh, Justin Herbert, a guy who some people had on the same level, some people had above uh, Panay Sewell. Um, I was watching tape of Slater as as um, as uh, as as he was drafted, and my God, I mean, he's a sturdy, sturdy guy. I mean, I saw him man. I wouldn't say he manhandled Chase Young, but they had a few clips of him holding his own. I mean, just you know. I actually I like that pick a lot. I really do. Great pick for the Chargers. Um, you know they've been building their offensive line in free agency. And they added another nice piece to that line for Justin Herbert. They're really building a nice line for him, and uh, uh, he's going to have a nice future. Yeah, but you know what? As soon as uh, as soon as I started uh, watching footage of Rashawn Slater. I couldn't help something catch my eye at the bottom of the screen, and and that's my New York Jets move up from, I think they were 19, 18 or 19. They moved up to trade with Minnesota Vikings, and my immediate thought was, oh, no, I hope they're not going running back. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did not want to take a running back this high. I said if they're smart, I'm, I'm hoping that they, they build that line. And hey, Reggie, I got to tell you, sorry to interrupt, but uh, the minute that trade happened, I knew immediately they were going after Vera Tucker. Did it, you? it was uh, rumors without all day today. That oh. was the player they wanted to move up and get, and that's exactly who they got. Yeah, I, I was hoping. I, I didn't know who was left on there that was worthy of, um, as far as the offensive lineman, that was worthy of going in the top 15. Um, but once I remember they made the selection of Vera Tucker and I was like, yes, that is a name that I remember circulating around as a, a you know, potential, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a potential guy you could plug in, you know, 10, 12 years. 
And I think he was maybe third or fourth on the um, whatever. I guess it depends on whatever rankings that you have. But I was happy when they had they made that selection. You have Makai Becton, and then you have a guard in Tucker. You know, to put right next to him on that left side, solidify that side, and give Zach Wilson plenty of time. I was yeah, I, I was through the roof. But I was there. There was that thought of God. Are they not going to go running back? Are they? Like just no, we, they just they can't. No, but it does say the right move. They have twenty-one picks uh, this year and next year combined, so they have plenty of picks they can, you know, actually trade up, you know, get. So uh, it was a good move for the Jets. Yeah, they gave away t- uh, two, three third rounders, which I'm fine with. I mean, to get a guy like that, and uh, I started actually YouTube um, highlights of him, even though he plays right over here in USC. But I YouTube highlights of him, very. Oh my God, if he's not a top two or three, uh, maybe a top three guard. We all know Quentin Nelson's the number one guy. Um, I think he could be a th- top three guy within the next two years. At least I'm hoping he will be that. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So a good a good first round for the Jets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe Douglas, man. He's, uh, he's making me into a believer, man. It's been a while. All right, let's go to number 15. New England Patriots, Mac Jones, Alabama. Mac Jones. Hmm. Been very critical of him. In fact, well, actually, let me let me t- uh, since he's a, a Bama guy, uh, let me get your impressions first and foremost about the the Patriots' fifteenth pick selection of Mac Jones. I tell you what, he's going to a perfect uh, perfect setting right now, perfect situation, and you know Belichick and the Patriots did not have to move up to get him, so they sat there at number fifteen, falls right in their lap. It's a great situation for him. They got a real good offensive line. Uh, he'll sit behind Cam Newton to start, and then he'll eventually move into the starter if uh, Cam Newton does struggle. So, I think it's a great situation for the New England Patriots and Mac Jones. This is where I envision him going. So I don't have a problem with it either. I mean, like this is you know, look, I watched him. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I I, I watched him. Primarily, a lot more during the um, the uh, the the uh, what, what did they call the uh, the championship series the um, the playoff the uh, the playoff the college, yeah. right the college playoff and you know I I was like okay I could see why a lot of people you know say he could potentially be a first rounder but when this nonsense of him you know being a top three guy or a top even a top 10 guy, I was kind of like, well, how does a guy start? Again, that was always my argument. How does a guy start mid to late first rounder and all of a sudden, you know, go to you go to a top five guy? I just didn't understand it. I'm like, was he that impressive? Does, did they take every, you know, his personal workouts? Did, what, is there something that they missed throughout the season? He had a great season, obviously. But I was kind of like, I was just of the mindset that there's no way this guy's in the top 10. So, 15, I'm all right with. And 50, and it works out perfectly because the Patriots didn't have to give away any capital to move up a few spots. I'm assuming that was the guy that they liked, or one at least one of the guys that they liked a lot. And, you know, he fell to them without them having to do anything. So that's um, that kind of worked out well for both. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, exactly. So they're sitting there. They're in a good shape right now. Okay. So that's the top 15. Um, let's kind of jump around a little bit. Uh, the Dolphins, with their second first-round pick, take Jalen Phillips out of Miami, defensive end. I think he was probably the top-rated defensive end in this draft. So um, he gets to stay in Miami. I like the fact that they took an offensive guy and they took uh, you know a very skilled defensive end, a pass rusher. Especially in the you know in the conference in the division that they play in, um, any quick thoughts on Jalen Phillips? No, I think he's a he's just an injury. Uh, I think he had some injury issues, but uh, he's a great pass rusher off the edge. A great addition to a defense is already stout. Um, I kind of think maybe Najee Harris would go in this position. Uh, I still think the Dolphins need a running back. To, they need to solidify that position. They. They've had running backs hurt. They've had running backs go in and out all this past season. Uh, they need to find somebody to solidify that position. Maybe we'll go with one of the Carolina running backs in the second round. But uh, it's still a good pick. 
Um, hopefully, you know, he stays injury free and it'll be good addition to that defense. Okay. Uh, the 20th pick, the Giants take Kadarius Tony out of Florida. I like that pick. Um, Gettleman is obviously loading up on his guy, Daniel Jones, giving him as many weapons. They got John Ross. Um, they had um, Kenny Galladay, who they've added. So obviously, he's going to give Daniel Jones every opportunity to succeed in his, um, I believe this is going into his third year, 19. 19- 20, 20, um, his third year. His third year as yeah. a starter. So it's a make or break year for Daniel Jones. So um they're gonna they still have Evan Ingram, they're gonna get I uh, say Quan Barkley back. Um yeah, I mean it's it's basically you know, if if we'll know by November if Daniel Jones is the guy or not going forward. With well, I agree with you. I, I usually give rookie quarterbacks three years. And uh, they don't have it by the end of that third year. That they just don't have it. Um, you know, we saw Josh Allen didn't have it the first two years. Then he just he exploded that third season with Buffalo, and uh, continued from there. So, um, yeah, I always have to give him at least three years. Okay. So here are a few of a uh, couple of interesting names. How do you pronounce this guy's name? Kawiti Pie. Uh, Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay. Yeah, he's a defensive end from Michigan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the Colts selected him at the 21st pick. 22nd is Caleb Farley, a guy who I liked a lot, but I was unaware that he had two back surgeries. Um, Not a good thing, but from as far as everything that you hear about him, he's uh, the best man-to-man corner as far as um, being physical with guys, I saw a couple of his highlights. I was very impressed by that. If he can stay healthy and obviously not re-injure that back, uh, that'd be a great value pick for um, the Titans. Um, you know, a guy like Mike Vrabel, a defensive-minded guy. I think that that can be an interesting. We got to see if he can stay healthy. Chris, uh, Christian Dershaw. That was the guy I was thinking about. Um, or I, I had I had a thought about when the Jets were picking a fourteen. I'm like, there's another left tackle there. So Dershaw was the guy I was thinking of. Just I just saw it right now. I was just like, yep, that was the guy. But I'm glad they went with the um with the Vera Tucker. Uh the Vikings select Dershaw twenty three. Oh, his yeah, I think that was I think that was a great pick for the Vikings. Because he was a third uh, offensive lineman on, on the board. Um and I was shocked that the Raiders took uh Leatherwood at number fourteen, the other offensive tackle. To me, that was a reach. I think that was the biggest reach in the first round. I know I, I, I'm an Alabama guy, but Leatherwood was more of a late first rounder, maybe early second rounder. And so uh, for Darisol still to be there at 23 for the Vikings was a great pick for the Vikings. You know, I'm actually I'm glad that you brought that up. Now that I, I can go back, let's actually touch on that a little bit more. 17, the Las Vegas Raiders, Alex Leatherwood, as you just mentioned, a huge reach. Okay, What's going on with uh, Gruden and Mayock? Now, Mike Mayock at one point in time was arguably one of my favorite analysts. I thought his his um, evaluations of certain prospects was very thorough. I enjoyed listening to him. Is this all Gruden making these selections, these reaches? This, this is like some kind of Al Davis kind of stuff. Has, I mean, outside of Josh Jacobs, has any of his draft picks worked out? Um, that's a great question. Uh, Henry Ruggs, um, who they drafted Still last year. It's still too early for him. Oh, yeah. He's got potential. He got injured a little bit, so we're still the uh, verdict out on him. Uh, you're right. Jock Jacobs is the only one that really made an immediate impact. Um, but I I love Leatherwood. I think he's going to be a good offensive tackle. But to me, to, to be taking him, I think it was, what, 14th pick? I think it was 14th pick, wasn't it? Uh, um, anyway. Leatherwood, it, it Leatherwood was just, uh, 17th. Oh, 17th. Okay. But still, it was a reach for me. Um, I love the guy, but I think he was late first rounder, early second rounder, uh, material. So, um, but we'll see. I mean, they saw something in him that they really liked. So, uh, we'll have to wait and see what the Leatherwood does out there in Vegas. Okay. Fair enough. Let's go back to 24 Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris. Love it. I, I hate it. I hate this, Reggie. I really do. <laughs> now, you know how much I can't stand the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. But I'm going to tell you something. I love Najee Harris. Every facet of his game. He's a big guy. He's, he's a, a three-down running back. He, he looks like and a Steeler he, running back. 
Yes, and he can catch balls out of the backfield. This is exactly what the Steelers needed as a running back. The only question mark is they still got a lot of holes in that team. Mm-hmm. They really need – the question is, with, with Najee Harris now, can they run behind that line? That line, they've lost some starters on that line of free agency. They have not addressed it yet. So that's going to be the main question uh, coming up tonight on day two of the draft. They need to address that line. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, I, I – yeah, it, it just made all this all, all the sense in the world for them to take a running back, especially a guy like Najee Harris. Um, yeah, it's a good pickup. I mean, what is he, 6'2", 230 pounds. I mean, he's in the mold of, like, kind of Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a special talent. And his versatility is, and his, his, you know, foot movement, um, he's got, he got a lot of vision. He, he's going to be a nice back in the NFL. I uh, hope he does very well, except when he plays by Cincinnati Bengals. But uh, uh, I, there's a good pickup for the Steelers, and I knew it was coming. And how about this? How about the second guy, or at least, you know, universally thought of the second running back, Travis Etienne going one pick later to the Jacksonville Jaguars, gets reunited with his college quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I like the pickup. I like the fact that they have a guy like James Robinson already. And now you bring in an ATN, a kind of like a, you can kind of do a, well, I mean, you can kind of mix it up a little bit. I don't think, I, I think the days of, and this is my personal preference, the days of the bell, you know, the bell toke, you know, running backs of like 20, 25, I think that's just put an end to it. I think if you, if you want to take two good running backs, put them together, split the carries, um, ATN to me seems like he's a little bit more explosive than James Robinson. Uh, but Robinson's is definitely a, a very good running back in his own right. But I think get as many playmakers as you can on offense. I think that's what kind of where Urban Meyer, because there's some people that said they should, probably should have gone de- defensively here. I actually like to pick up a lot. Uh, well, actually, this is going to be the first time I disagree with you here today. Um, I did not like to pick it off for the Jacksonville Jaguars because they have Brian Robinson. I honestly thought they had some bigger needs in that first round than running back, especially on that defensive side of the ball. That's just my opinion. Oh, I mean, uh, well, they do have the first pick in the second round. Um, and I, I'm going to make a prediction who they're going to pick in that second in that second round. I think it'll be uh, far more the defensive end from Alabama may go to Jacksonville in that uh, first pick of the second round. Okay, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Urban, they have. Uh, I don't know. Do they have a lot of picks? I know they've gave they've they've acquired a lot of picks because of the trades of uh, Jalen Ramsey and who am I thinking of? Who's another guy that they got? Is it? Um, I'm not sure uh, who else. I, I'm not sure how many picks they do have, but okay. um, you know, they need to go defense in the in the second day of the draft. There's no question. Okay. So looking at the end of these uh, last players, not really too many guys. I see. Look, uh, Green Bay, for what it's worth, they went with a defensive guy, Eric Stokes, out of Georgia. Um, not sure if that's going to make Aaron Rodgers happy or not <laughs> at this point. Um, let's do a final thought of the draft in general. I thought pretty much every team, but probably the Raiders, did a fairly good job. I didn't really see any potential teams that – made any mistakes, maybe reached a little bit. I think every team, especially ones that traded up, they traded down, they got value um, from top to bottom. Outside, again, outside of the Raiders, that is. Um, I was okay. fairly okay. Good. I'm sorry to interrupt, Reggie. Um, but to answer your question about Jacksonville, they're showing on TV now that they had two picks in the second round, the first one and a 45th pick, and then they have a, uh, one pick in the third round. Okay. So, I mean, I, they should primarily go defense with those. Experiments. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Right, we'll see what Urban and uh, Urban Meyer does. Um, but like, as I was saying, yeah, I, I think every team did a good job. Every team filled um, an added need in their particular, whatever particular situations that they're in, whether you're a team rebuilding, a team on the cusp of, you know, Maybe turning it around, San Francisco, maybe in a year or two. 
you know, might be a contender again. Um, yeah, I, I thought I was fairly surprised with the the first round. It's probably one of the only drafts that I've ever seen where I was like, every team did a good job. You know what, Ray? Yeah, I agree with you. Actually, after the first round was over, I looked back and looked at the top 32 picks, and it was hard to find a pick that was a bad pick. I mean, the one obvious reach I saw was the Raiders of 17 reaching up, reaching for Leatherwood. Uh, to me, that was really the only reach. Um, again, Etienne is a, is a great running back in Clemson. I thought that, eh, you know, I thought that, you know, Jacksonville didn't need a running back in that particular position. But other than that, I thought it was a nice draft for just about everyone in that first round. And I can't wait for tonight, the second and third round. It'll be even more exciting. And it will make or break uh, the draft for a lot of these teams after tonight. I completely agree. And there should be a lot of uh, top-shelf talent in that second round as well. I'm interested to see some of the names come off. I'm actually looking at a list right now of the uh, best remaining prospects. And I see a lot of really, really, really great talent there still available. So um, looking forward to that. Uh, All right. Put a bow tie on this. My man, uh, episode six, we're going to record sometime next week. Um, any final thoughts on anything? Uh, not really. I think we're going to see some more movement uh, tonight uh, among teams, teams moving up, teams moving down. Um, this is where, like I said, I mean, this is where uh, it makes or breaks, you know, the draft for some of these teams, whether they have a high grade for the draft or low grade. Uh, this is where the needs really come in. These are still potential uh, first-day starters that you're drafting in the second and third round. So it's going to be a fun night. Okay. Outstanding. All right. Uh, This is Episode 5 of the Sports Exchange Podcast. Um, Check us out on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Uh, Let us know what you think. You know, I mean, look, we're still young, but we're improving. (laughs) So with that being said, um, Brad, buddy, thank you again. I'll, uh, we'll uh, do this again sometime next week, huh? Episode six. Sounds great, Reggie, and uh, always enjoy it. And uh, uh, can't wait for tonight. It'll be another fun night of the draft. All right, brother. That's Brad Weber. Episode five of the Sports Exchange Podcast in the books. Check out episode six, um, probably by next Thursday or Friday. With that being said, peace and love. Signing out.